episode 377, Thor, Love and Thunder. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben. Ben Avery, I'm so glad to be uh, out of a very busy season of life sitting in this chair. I have not sat in this chair for weeks and talking to two friends who I've not talked to in a long time as well. And that is Samantha and Stuart. Welcome. Hello. Hello. We're back, Samantha. Yay! Finally. <laughs> Well, here to talk I don't know about how long we're back for, but we're back. <laughs> here, to, here to talk about Thor, love and thunder. I'll bring the love, you bring the thunder, and, and together, okay. all right. Together, never mind. Let's just keep I, going. I, I, <laughs> is that is that one of the one of the song references that I didn't get? No, no, I oh, I just made okay. that up. So. It's okay. not a reference at all. It's just something stupid I said. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. So let's talk about this movie. We first uh, we need to talk about our movie going experiences and how we went and saw this and when we went and saw this. Then we would want to talk about like spoiler free review where we say this is what we thought and we give it some stars. And then we dive into the nitty gritty and talk about specifics without caring one bit about spoiling everything. But that's not yet. So don't worry. This first half is spoiler free. Half, one third. I don't know. I don't know the percentage. But I, I do want to say that... I did not get to see this opening night. This is what? quite possibly the first Marvel movie in, I don't know, seven years, six years, I don't know, uh, that I have not seen on opening Thursday. Fake opening night or fake <laughs> midnight show. I used to call it uh, midnight midnight showing at seven o'clock. Preview uh, night. Yeah, I did not make it. I could not get well, there. Well, to be fair, it's not like you were sitting at home watching SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> it's not like I was sitting at home <laughs> falling asleep and and taking a nap while people are waiting for me to uh, jump on Riverside to record. Is that is that what you're saying? I wasn't saying that at all. I was saying that you probably deserved your sleep as much as anybody else. So, No, no. I, I was at uh, camp training. There was just no way around it. That Thursday night, there's no way around it. Friday it was camp. Saturday it was camp. Very tired Saturday night, no way around that. But I did skip my usual Sunday afternoon nap because I'm like, I got to see this movie and I don't want to get spoiled because things might happen that I want to enjoy. And there was something very important that I was kind of spoiled about. 
but I got over it. I'm, I'll be interested to see what that was because I don't know that there was anything. Well, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, no, I someone posted a video on YouTube and it had a preview image that included a let's just put a cameo. I'll put it that way. Ah. It included a cameo that I was hoping we would have in this movie. So that's good. But that confirmed it before I saw the movie. So that's that's less good. Well, that's cool. Uh so what are your stars? Well, what were your movie experiences? Okay. Yeah. Samantha, go ahead. I went to see it on preview night, Thursday night. Um, and I went to go get my ticket. Well, first of all, I was speaking with my husband and I said, hey, do you want to see this movie? Because I know you're caught up with all the Thor stuff and like Spider-Man stuff. And he's like, uh, I don't know. And I said, Taika Waititi directed it. And he's like, yes, I'm in. Because um, <laughs> he loves anything from Taika. Um, and then I went to go pick up the tickets and I saw all these teenage boys dressed in suits. And I'm like, all right. So we have some uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans come out to see the new Thor movie. And then I realized, no, they're actually just gentle minions going to see another movie. <laughs> I've heard about that. Bummer. That's a thing. Yeah. One had their little sister there, and she had goggles and a yellow T-shirt, and she was in one of those little jean denim uh, jumper dresses, and she looked so cute. Wait, <laughs> did you say gentle minions? Yep. Yep. Okay, I haven't heard about this, because I've lived under a rock lately. I did what? <laughs> Teenage boys like a... are dressing up as, as I don't know, minions, or they're just dressing up in suits and going to see the Minions movie. You know what? You you go, boys. You just, you do that. That is probably some of the best things that you could do as a teenage boy. Yeah. Dress in a nice suit, take yours or someone else's little sister, but... Totally okay to see a nice PG movie about a bunch of yellow people who go. <laughs> uh, my daughter is actually going to see that movie as we speak, I think. Well, there you go. Yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. I really do. I think that, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a lot worse things in this world. Right. That you could be doing. So. <laughs> Um, so my theater experience was I went on Sunday, like I normally do, uh, could not go with my wife as she was out of town. So I went with a friend from work and <laughs> a friend from work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah. it. I got it. I got it. So Keep Samantha, in, please, Samantha. yeah, do not edit out the length of time it took for no. him to realize no. what he had said. No. Never. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, friend from work, and we had a good time, and nobody turned into Hulk. That was good. Um, and then we and then we walked out. Um, so, you know. So, 
there is one more thing about my uh, theater going experience, and that is I have, I think, taken grumpy old man theater goer to a new level when I realized <laughs> that when you get the seats ahead of time, if I get the second seat in on the row, that guarantees no one is going to get the end seat if the theater is not packed. If it's packed, someone will. But if the theater's not packed, no one will. And so if someone does get a seat next to me, I still have an empty seat on my other side, potentially an empty seat that I could move over to. So I have a seat between me and that other person who sat next to me. So so how do you go about gracefully moving over that one seat? Oh, there's no grace. I mean, I, I haven't <laughs> had to do it before, but there's not, I, if I had to do it, there would be no grace. It would just be, oh, yoink. <laughs> and there I am. So... That's Not, no, no, like made up reasons to go to the bathroom or come back, and then you're no, magic. Oh. No, see, that's the difference between you and me, Ben. I'd, I'd suddenly have to have more popcorn or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, so okay, so we all went and saw it in the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuart and I saw it on Sunday, Samantha saw it on Thursday, and so Thursday night, I get a message there's two post credit scenes. So that was good to know, but of course, I mean, we weren't going to get up and leave <laughs> anyway. You don't, but. you don't get up and leave until the lights come on. No, I don't. I don't. Not for a Marvel movie. Although, if I am feeling it and really want to get home for another movie, I will leave early. Um, like I'll check and see is there any kind of post credit on this thing, and then I'm out of here. But uh, most of the time, I I wait until the music is done. And that's just my little bit of a tradition. When I started going to movies by myself, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I am not bound by any social constraints to leave early. I'm going to stay and enjoy the music and read some of the credits and appreciate all the people who did all yeah. the stuff to make this movie happen. Uh, show some respect for the for the filmmakers, for the people who, you know, all of those names. And some of them are very funny names, but... That's not the reason you should read them. Yeah, but I'll also look for like Avery's. There's always some kind of Avery in there usually for something. And yeah, it's even better. I mean, that when I saw Coraline in the theater because I went to school with a bunch of people who who worked on Coraline, I was like, I know him and I know him and I know her and she's awesome. They're awesome. That was really cool. But I haven't had that experience since seeing Coraline. So. (laughs) Yeah, okay. um, when I was sitting there listening to the music, I have a, an epiphany about the trailer. It, in, it, it involves spoilers, so we're going to wait until that section for me to continue this part of the conversation. But without spoiling, there's a lot of fun music in this movie. There uh, is. My seven-word movie review, if I get my letterbox up here, uh, which I have not actually put Thor Love and Thunder into my ranking for the MCU. So I'll need to do that. But my seven word movie review, where did it go? There it is. It's on Facebook. It is. I didn't put it on Letterboxd at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's because I was on my walk and I did it straight to Instagram. That's why. I, I don't no half the words you just said. Well, you see, to, to get exercise, uh, 
uh, about every other day, sometimes more than that, I go out for two miles and walk. And it's, it's something that people do for exercise. Mm-hmm. See how you understand those words. I do understand those words. <laughs> yeah. All right. So snark aside, here is <laughs> my seven word movie review. Loud, funny, flawed, goofy, sentimental rock concert. Yes. I agree 100%. That is my seven-word movie review. And now the uh, podcast episode is done. So, <laughs> Bye. I said, I said seven words. You both agreed. I think that's a quorum. Like, I, I move that we. I, I move that we. <laughs> I second the move and uh, the motion. Sec- yeah, second I, the motion. I'll oppose. No, go home. Okay. Uh, okay. So I. <laughs> Uh, stars, as far as like how many stars I would give this movie, I don't exactly know this. I waver on this because I did laugh. It was fun. It was a loud movie. It was a rock concert, but I, I, it wasn't, it wasn't the best, you know, it, I, I'm thinking I'm looking at like a three and a half stars for this. That's what I have. I, I would be in that same general area too. It's not, it's certainly not bad, right? It's not nearly as bad as another Thor movie. And I liked it better than the last Dr. Strange movie, but I didn't like it as much as say Eternals. So I, you know, I'm probably in a three and a half, not a solid four, a three and a half, I think is, or three, solid three maybe. Well, I, ha- I don't know I that have, I'd go down to three. I have the the five point section that you have for movie reviews: story, theme, style, characters, and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, mine adds up to three and a half stars. Where it's just simple, you know, if I really liked it, it gets one a whole point. If it's okay, I get it gets half a point in it. If I don't enjoy it at all, it gets zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, mine adds up to three and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm with it. I mean, some of those were, were good. I mean, they were fun. But yeah. it wasn't anything to blow my socks off. Yeah, actually, if you think about this, if you expand it from five points to ten points, it's actually a seven out of ten, which is not bad at all. No. That's pretty good. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah, I think I'm going to go as low as three stars, though. Okay. On it. Yeah. There's some neat stuff going on. The bad guy actually feels like a natural villain for what Thor does and what Thor is. Uh, But then, you know, just like the Joss Whedon Avengers movies, sometimes where you're just like, uh, what was the word I would use? Uh, It was like a junior high student who can, is capable of deep thought, but also just doesn't know when to stop joking. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's happening here. Like there's some deep stuff going on, but then the joke just gets pushed further you know and you almost wonder like do they think they've pushed it around the bend so it goes back around from not funny to funny again but not quite for me for some of them and 
was a high energy, but I, I just, yeah. I feel like they lost the story a little bit. Um, you know, the main, the main through line, I think it was kind of cluttered with trying to have the whiz bang. Um, and I'm trying not to be specific about it because we're not there yet, but I do believe that they sort of lost the thread and they picked it back up again and they finished fine. But in the middle, they sort of lost the thread. Yeah. Um, in the beginning of the movie, and I didn't come up with this, I read it in an article and I totally agreed. In the beginning of the movie, it sets up some really deep questions about gods and their places in, the, in mortal lives. And yeah. then they never really answer those questions. So it's like yeah. they set up a theme and then they didn't address it really. No, That's... because they were they were going to the ultimate motivation of the bad guy and... Yeah, uh, but I realize we're yeah. in spoiler zone, so we need to be Oops. careful. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, but let's... yeah, I, let's let's flip it. Let's yeah. let's play the spoiler organ and okay. let's talk about this movie with the spoilers. I'm so excited! I love the sound. Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoilers. All right. <laughs> I so love that. We that can, was amazing. We can now just talk about anything we want to. Okay. That has to do with this movie. So that means we'll talk about Star Trek, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I mean, only if it's forced. Uh <laughs> It's not forced. I mean, I'm totally yeah. reminded of who moans for who, who moans who mourns for Adonis. Oh or, yeah, is that what it is Adonis? Yeah, Adonis, who mourns for? Adonis. Yeah, Adonis. I mean, yeah. but again, that that tackles some of the same some of the same questions. You yes, know, these who, old gods are passing on, passing through, passing away, and people stop thinking about them and worshiping them, and mm-hmm. yeah. That that opening scene, by the way, in this oh, movie, yeah. that was yeah. really strong, really strong, and <clears throat> just you know, never meet your hero is something that Thor says a couple times, I think. Yeah. And and this is what you have with uh, Gore finding mm-hmm. his god and realizing his god is just a super powerful being who doesn't care. <laughs> I thought until we met that god I thought that the opening scene was on up there on par with like Kenneth Branagh style Thor we that we originally had. I thought that was just it was just the so best. beautifully done and I felt very sad and I felt something for this character who became the bad guy which is something I cannot say about Malekith and the dark elves. Because I did rewatch mm-hmm. that movie recently, and I was like, they're kind of two-dimensional bad guys, and I think that's really why Stuart doesn't like that movie. It's, it, but this one has... Among many things. Yeah, and this one has a bad guy that in the previous um, Thor mo- movie, you know, all the bad guys and, and Avengers... Everybody there was just basically this, you know, a narcissistic character... Here you don't have a narcissistic character as the bad guy. You have a, you have someone who is grieving and is dealing with their grief in a very very inappropriate manner. Well, what is grief but love persisting? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. But he's also, I mean, there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, the one ring kind of idea here where he's, he's not, it's not just him. Like he's being used. That sword takes advantage of his position, you know, and takes yeah. advantage of his emotional state and then corrupts him. And I, I just have to say gore to me is the best part of this movie. Uh, I mean, the other stuff is fun, but this is the part where I'm just like, we've got a, a bad guy who's doing bad guy things, but doing it for an understandable reason. And then at the end with the wrap up of his character arc, where you have Thor, which is a great moment for him as well, deciding, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to spend the rest of my time on this world with you. I don't love you. So I'm going to go with this person that I love and spend the last few moments with her. And you know what? Hey, love makes the world go round. All the world needs now is love. Sweet love. Love conquers everything. Gore. So, uh, yeah, get with the program. Right. (laughs) Which is why he ends up, uh, looking at, what I think is maybe Galactus or an Eternal or I can't remember exactly, but something. The name of the character is Infinity. And Infinity is one of the Marvel characters that is an embodiment of something like Infinity. And just like there's a character called Death and there's some other characters like that. But okay. it's not it's not Marvel's version of God. That's another concept character that's out there. Uh, but it is a very powerful force in the Marvel universe and in the comics anyway. They don't really explore it much here. But what I feel yeah. like the whole gore storyline was a good, like, solid, well balanced, balanced main meal. Right? It's it's your meat. It's your potatoes. It's your vegetables. It was just too small, <laughs> and so then you got. And then, like, the rest of it was dessert, and you got overloaded on dessert. And dessert is this, um, you know, massive undertaking with extra dessert because extra people are in this movie, and you got, you know, different flavors and all sort of stuff. But really what I wanted was more meat and potatoes. That's that's how I feel like it. Mm. Yeah, I, I felt that there was a good balance. I mean, you want to spend time with your title character. And I was worried about this. I was worried because I had already seen some people say things like, isn't Thor supposed to be the star of his own movie? And he totally was. Like this movie, yes. there's extra characters and they're giving people things to do. Like, you know, Jane gets to do things that she's never done before. And that's fun, but it's not overshadowing Thor. And at the climax, she's the one who does like the final fight stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, takes the battle to the battles climax. Mm-hmm. But then it's Thor who delivers the the final blow, so to speak, to the battle, which is to turn his back on Gore and to say, I'm I'm done with you. There's nothing I can do here. Fighting you isn't going to help. You have one wish, use it well, and use it lovingly. And I did think that Gore was going to use his wish to help Jane get healed. I, I wasn't expecting Jane to, to, 
to pass on to Valhalla, but they gave her yeah. an out. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that they gave her an out where she could come back and not be dead anymore because maybe people from Valhalla could, could leave Valhalla at some point, but. I'm I'm gonna be if we're gonna if we're gonna poke that bear right now. I'm gonna be super honest. I am so glad it is the Jane from the first two movies or whatever, and not <laughs> some alternate universe Jane. Yeah. Yes. That was my big worry. Was that oh look here's an alternate universe Jane because now we're in the multiverse of madness. Blah 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 blah. That was a question I had too, but then I kept thinking, wait, in the commercials you can clearly see that that Molnir has fractures in it. So it had to be from our from this universe. And I kept going back and forth, but yeah, Look I was who did sad her homework. To... I'm sorry? Look who did her homework. I didn't yeah. do that. I didn't see that at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was sad to see that. Jane had cancer and she went to Molnir to try to look for a cure and it just didn't work for her. But that made sense because she's a mortal human and this is a weapon for the Asgardians. And their biochemistry is very different. And so it just made sense that it couldn't, that it could only sort of put a mask on her suffering. So let's talk about two characters that you just brought up then. One being Mjolnir and the other being Storm. <laughs> they're actually like the reason Mjolnir calls to her and the reason Mjolnir actually like tries to get you know is he he put a blessing on the hammer like yeah. his father did the same thing in the first movie is like whoever's worthy you know but this is like take care of Jane we love her yeah. you know and it's kind of sweet it's kind of nice uh, a little surprising because we haven't seen Mjolnir like have too much personality, but I, I would argue the Stormbringer has more personality with the whole jealousy arc <laughs> going. But um, yeah, Milner brings itself together for her and tries to help her. And what you have here, honestly, in some ways, Milner is almost following Gore's arc. Gore has the sword. Because of the whole thing that happened with his daughter and, and he brings his daughter back. But Mjolnir is like bringing Jane back and giving her great power and, uh, you know, avoiding loss in that way. And it's kind of interesting. To be, it'd be kind of actually I think it'd be, I think it'd be kind of fun to do like a character study on Mjolnir and <laughs> using this movie as the the basis but then looking back at the rest of Thor's appearances in the Avengers movies and in the Thor movies and just kind of saying, okay, so what we know now is that there is potentially some sentience in this, this weapon. Yeah. What's it thinking when, <laughs> when it's Scott not letting Thor it pick it up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thought process because you, then you got to think about like Age of Ultron and go, did he allow Steve to did did Molnir allow Steve to like almost pick him up? Huh. And then in Endgame, did yeah. he say, "Oh, all bets are off. This guy's awesome anyway. Let's do this so we can." <laughs> 
Or was he going, or was he going, um, there's no way Tony's getting to pick me up. And uh, Cap, oh, maybe, a little bit. And then when Cap, you know, defends himself and defends the entire planet and, uh, you know, decides to do that, I think that's when is like, yeah, okay, you're worthy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually makes a little more sense in some ways than, like, an absolute binary curse of, you know, being worthy or unworthy and having, like, that bar. Because I've never felt Thor is a particularly worthy character. You know, like he's even in the comics, you know, he's he's pompous, he's arrogant and he has to like learn not to be. And and uh, which is always, you know, kind of an interesting uh, thematic element in myth and legend where you have the character who's cast away because they have to learn their lesson about, you know, treating humans well or whatever it might be. And uh, but to say, oh, here's this semi sentient hammer that's making choices about who's. Who's worthy and who's not. That's, I mean, if, I don't know if that's accurate or if that's what they intended, but that's totally accurate now. That's the way it is now. <laughs> that's that's what I like. It's definitely a reading. Definitely trying, a reading. I'm trying to remember. So the original spell that Odin put on it, was it he who is worthy to wield this hammer or he who is, who is worthy to be king of Asgard? I don't remember. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Easily look it up. Or was it just he who is worthy, period? But I what's think it's he who is worthy may lift okay. the hammer. What's interesting is, you know, they do kind of build in this little, like, Thor and Molnir have good time party thing, right? When they're doing the backstory with him and Jane. And they do kind of build that in a little bit that may not have been there beforehand. But it fits. It absolutely fits. Because I kept thinking about how Thor rejected being king, but in a way he's still working as um, a warrior for the sake of Asgard. So it's whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Okay. So does, so does that mean if you're James worthy, you worthy? possess the power of Thor, and if you possess the power of Thor, you can lift the hammer. I don't know. There's the, some circular stuff going on there, but in Endgame, I mean, Captain America definitely had like lightning stuff happening around him. I was just thinking about Captain America in Age of Ultron versus Endgame, and. You know, why was he not worthy to enough to pick it up in the beginning of Age of Ultron? And I realized maybe something happened during the uh, the Civil War conflict that maybe tipped Cap over to he is worthy to rule Asgard or or worthy of the power of Thor. I don't know, but does that mean that makes um, uh, Iron Man the bad guy? I don't like that idea, because I feel like that entire movie was about two people having very strong opinions about the same thing. So, and, and neither were wrong. Down, yeah. I think it comes down to who is 
willing to make the tough call, the tough play at that point. Yeah. And um, both, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Tony absolutely made the sacrifice play. Um, in endgame, yes. In endgame. Yeah. Uh, and I think Milnir saw that. Well, I don't know. Now we're just describing feelings to a piece of rock. I do like how <laughs> when she threw the hammer, uh, all of the pieces went out and made a ranged weapon. I thought that was really cool. Yes. That, that was excellent. That was, yeah. And that, that was... was just range area of effect sort of weapon, yes. And you have moments like that where it's like that just is in there because it looks cool. But fortunately, it also makes sense, you know, and it is pushing the idea of, you know, the the hammer is flawed. You know, the hammer is has cracks and and that's Jane, you know, like she's got, you know, things that are destroying her right now. And um, I think that the the weapon matches matches the wielder in that in that way. And then you have Stormbringer that is. The jilted lover, the <laughs> you know your your ex comes around and 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 there you are with with your boyfriend or girlfriend and you know trying to have a conversation with your ex and, and that's not going to go well. I mean, I, all three of you might be the the most mature of adults, but let's just face it; it's going to be awkward no matter what. Now, how much of that was Stormbringer actually? You know, okay, so we ascribed a whole bunch of emotions to Molnir and fine. Are we, are, I don't know that I saw a whole bunch of emotions coming from Stormbringer as much as I saw Thor ascribing them to Stormbringer. You look at the motion of the hammer, and that's where I got the emotion of the hammer. Mm. So, like, as he's talking to Mjolnir, there comes Stormbringer floating in between. <laughs> You know, oh, that's like <laughs> I totally okay. Now I have to take yeah. back everything I just said because I totally forgot like, that Mjolnir, like or uh, Stormbringer, like floated in and was like, "Hey, buddy, hey, how's it going?" <laughs> I totally forgot all about that. I guess picture the conversation with Stormbringer and Mjolnir, and it's kind of, "Oh, hi, good to see you. <laughs> hi, uh, Thor and I were just talking about you together yesterday when we were together, and 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 you weren't here, and and now you are, and it's good to see you again, uh, Thor. Can we go talk over here, please? I I need to talk with you about something. It's good to see you though, Mjolnir. We'll, we'll, we'll talk with you later, right?" <laughs> Remember that thing we have to do, Thor? Remember? <laughs> it's time. It's it's, it's two o'clock. Us- <laughs> the, the thing starts at seven. We have we, we, have we, we won't get our money back if we don't get there on time. So. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> okay, I totally I totally forgot about that. Yes. No, it's then, it's not subtext. It is text. <laughs> there is some Yeah, no, fo- there is. But then that adds to Mjolnir having some form of of slight sentience at least you know I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's not human sentience but maybe it's i don't know octopus sentience which is fascinating by the way if you uh, ever do any looking into that i read a really interesting article yesterday about it and octopus have some interesting things going on in their brain well then yeah yeah 
and their gardens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm. Yeah, I forgot about the the floating in axe. That was funny. See, this is the bummer about only getting to see the movie once before mm-hmm. talking about it, because you forget little details like that. Yeah. So, so let's talk about some other characters, though. Daryl, the tour guide. We've seen him before. He's a recurring character. Yeah, that's the Thor and Daryl show. Yeah, Th- uh, Daryl, the roommate from the short, from Team Thor. <laughs> He's now a tour guide I- in New Asgard. And I also looked into some research about the actor who plays them. I did not know this, but he's the executive producer on the show Bluey, which is for little kids. Yeah. Well, except (laughs) all of the parents of little kids who watch Bluey, too. Oh, we don't have little kids, and we've seen the entire series in this house, because that show is just hilarious, and we have a lot of nieces and nephews. So... (laughs) The third season comes up soon. Yeah. Really Um, interesting career trajectory there. Yeah. I'm curious like how that all works out for him. Probably because he's friends with Taika Waititi and or um, Chris Hemsworth because he's Australian. (laughs) Well, I did not realize that that's who we were looking at. Like I didn't even think about it. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. And that's That's great. Yeah. That is really cool. That is hashtag it's all connected, and I approve of that. Yes. Can we talk about the uh, the vastly overhyped and incredibly underused Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, so Endgame made us a promise. Yes. Adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy together. James Gunn made some awful jokes on Twitter a decade ago and got fired from guardians of the galaxy. So, cause I think guardians of the galaxy three would have come out before this movie. And I think we might've actually seen Thor in action with them, but scheduling got changed. Hmm. And so guardians of the galaxy three is happening next year. And the promise of the adventures that we're going to have together was there. We get to see a little bit of it here though. A little bit. I, the analogy I used in my head was, you know how when you go from a season four of a television series to a season five, and they set up a few things in season four, and they're like, maybe this will happen. And then when they get to season five, and it's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exact. That's what I felt like, is that they made some promises at the end of uh, Endgame that you're going to see the Thor Chris Pratt role and then we got you know 25 minutes of it or whatever if that or maybe like when they drop a character in between seasons or add one like I'm thinking about Farscape where I can't remember which seasons it was but all of a sudden everyone's in this weird place and there's a new character and he's a new character they're bringing him on and he's in it for the rest of the show and it's just like wait a minute where'd this come from a Buffy oh, yeah. too, right? When they brought on um, her sister, and it's like, "Who are you? Where did you come from?" And they explain it. I mean, she explain they explain it very well. But uh, and there actually were hints before she came on that she was going to come on, and it's just people didn't know it. But if you look at 
the relationships in this movie and the relationships that Thor has in this, this is not a surprise. Like he's self-absorbed. Yeah. He's all about himself. He just does what he wants to do. And it doesn't matter because I mean, he's Thor, right? He's a God. And he went from dad bod to God bod. And he and we get the training montage and and then we get to see him interacting with Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. Um, I actually don't mind, though, because of what the rest of the movie did for us with with them leaving him, leaving them, be, leaving him behind and, and giving him a little bit of the piece of the puzzle for his heart. Yeah, they totally set him off on the you know, they they were the. All right, Frodo, here's the ring. Get going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. were they were just like part of his recovery program, if you want to think about it that way. He was in recovery from being depressed and now he's, you know, back into God shape and you know, he doesn't need the program anymore. What I like I thought this movie really shined because of uh Natalie Portman and Jane Foster. Fonda. Alan Foster. Foster. Um, uh, I thought this this movie excelled because of her. I mean, like Thor, you know, Chris Hemsworth was Thor and that was great and it was whatever it was. But I feel like she was the one pushing things and acting impulsively and trying to make the movie go forward. And the reveal of her having cancer and Mjolnir um, basically sucking the life out of her. I thought was great. And that's a, that's a place you don't put characters very often. And, uh, I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't mention the fact that she had an infinity stone inside of her, but I think they're trying to forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not still inside her, is it? No, but I wondered if, well, he had to put it back. Put it back in the stone, not in her. But I was thinking maybe her cancer, her cancer came as an after effect or as a consequence of having an, an infinity stone inside of her. But then they also went back and showed that her mom was sick and maybe she had a hereditary cancer. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I. The Mighty Thor is a story arc from the comics and... I don't know much about it other than she was Thor and she had cancer. And I was really surprised that they went there with this, that they, they went that cancer route and, uh, and then they carried it through. Like that's the other big surprise was they carried through the mortality of this character. And while they gave themselves an out, uh, having her be welcomed into Valhalla by, um, Idris Alba, uh, there is, there's a, a sentimental sweetness to that, but then also there's the loss that, that Thor has to go through, and it's it's too late. He spent his time not with her, and you know he was selfish, and she was too. You know they were they were not uh, the greatest for each other in that relationship, but they loved each other and missed out on a lot of time together because. Because of you know the eight years that they're apart from each other, and and then you have this this thing where 
it, it's the, the joke, you know, is if you don't see a body, they're not dead, you know, and in comics, it used to say in comics that, um, two people were guaranteed to never come back. And that was, um, Jason Todd, Robin and Bucky Barnes. And both of them were brought back and, you know, so all bets are off. And then you have the multiverse and anyone can be brought back. And I thought the one person never to be brought back was going to be uncle Ben. That's the, well, they didn't bring him back, but they did bring those other two. No, they just rebooted the series to bring him back. Right. Right. And they killed him again. (laughs) Yeah. But I was also thinking about the difference between Jane's death and say Odin, Frigga and Loki's deaths for Thor is that Thor had a heads up that Jane was going to die. I mean, Odin, Frigga and Loki were all very sudden for him, but Thor, uh, once he found out she had cancer, then he began the grieving process and, you know, dealing with that, he was going to lose her. And on some level, he always knew he was going to lose her because she's immortal. She only has a, you know, average 78 year lifespan and he's 1500 years old and he's going to live a lot longer. And so he always knew that on some level that she was going to die a lot sooner than he was. And so he had time to really process it, even though it was only a few days, but he knew that what time he had left with her was going going to be very precious to him. And so when she was dying, he was ready to let her go. So I think that's why at the end of the movie, he's, you know, okay. And he has another purpose to keep going without her. Because he has this little kid in his life now. Yeah, and now he's yeah. Uncle Thor. It's going to be interesting to see what she, how they interact going forward. Like, you know, we don't know if we're going to get an Avengers 5 yet. I'm certain we will at some point. But is she going to be around for that? That'd be interesting. I don't know. Well, if they are setting up the whole Young Avengers kind of oh, a thing. Oh, yeah. She would be perfect for that. Then. Yeah. There you have your your Thor replacement, which I thought was going to be Sif, and then I thought it was going to be Valkyrie. And are they just taking Sif out of the MCU one limb at a time? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with her, man. Because like, I was glad that she was there, and right. I think we even texted before the movie. Uh, before Samantha saw the movie about like, could, could Sif be a part of this? I don't know. She definitely could. I was glad to see her. I definitely was glad to see her. But at the same time, it's like, eight. Hey, those, like all of the people, all of Thor's friends just got you know, the, the short stick. You know, it's just, okay. Yeah. You're going to die horribly over there. You're going to die horribly over there. You're just going to lose your limb over there. We'll see. <laughs> maybe you're dead. Maybe not. We'll find out. Yeah. Later. And Sif actually also set up the whole Valhalla thing for Thor later in the movie. Thor and Jane later in the movie because at the beginning of the movie when he finds Sif and she's missing her arm and she's like, oh, just leave me here. I'll die and I'll go to Valhalla. And he reminds her, no, you're dying after the battle. You're not going to go to Valhalla. You have to die during the battle. Maybe and your arm's like, in Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Take me to the hospital. <laughs> so what are the characters 
Uh, well, we've talked about Gore. Uh, we've talked about Thor. Some, I mean, he's kind of the conversation with, with everything here, which is good. That, yeah. that means the movie's about right. him, you know. Right. Um, Valkyrie. Mighty Thor. Uh, yeah, Valkyrie. We can talk about her a little bit. Not too much going on there. She's, it's, she seems to be happy being king of Asgard. I what? don't get that impression. I get the impression that she's kind of bored with it or tired of the, the mundanity. Oh, I thought at some point she said she was happy being king. Yeah, but she lied. Did she? Okay. Again, I wish I had seen this a second time. Uh, The Infinity Cones restaurant or ice cream place that was pretty funny well until you think about the infinity war caused a holocaust (laughs) across the entire universe yeah but they came back it's fine it's 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 funny until you compare it to say you know the the holocaust of world war ii and then you're like but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that, Samantha. Like, yeah. it's it is it's clever, it's clever, but I wouldn't say it's funny because I'm not laughing at that. Yeah, actually, I totally forgot about that until my husband sent me a meme about it, and I was like, oh wait, because it that scene that quick scene with the Infinity Cones ice cream store went by so fast that I was like, oh, that's funny, and I had no time to process it before we were on to the next funny thing. And that's a lot of this movie. Yeah. We're, we're, we're moving fast. We're moving furious. But it's not a Fast and Furious movie. No. No. Uh, so I guess that only leaves Russell Crowe as Zeus. Zeus. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen him do comedy before. At I least he, he didn't it. sing. At least he didn't sing. I thought he nailed it because Zeus in Greek mythology is pretty much what you saw on screen here. He's awful. He's, He's awful. awful. But so here's my thing. Like I knew Zeus was going to be in this movie. I knew oh, that. He was in the ads. From the trailers and from the yeah. casting and all that kind of stuff. You probably know. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe you just turn your brain off when I start talking about comics that aren't MCU, but Hercules as a character, just in general, is a character that I love. I love the character of Hercules. I love some of the things that happens to him in the myths, and then I love the things that people do with the character afterward, like Hercules in Marvel Comics. There is an alternate Hercules in Marvel Comics who takes it's in the future of future earth and he goes into space and has adventures out in space. He's cast out of Olympus because he has upset his father. And that is one of my favorite comic book storylines of all time. The first issue of that comic, I got it when I was a little kid and just, it just entranced me and I loved it so much. And then Later, when I was collecting comics, I realized, hey, I can get the whole thing. And so I read the whole thing. I, I love it. It's, it's great. In fact, it's right here. Like, it's at my feet right now. It's in a box right by my foot where I could just reach down and get. There's DC Her- Hercules. There's the Marvel Hercules. There's actually two different versions of Hercules in, in DC. And 
There's Charlton Hercules. That's another comic publishing company. But anyway, I knew Zeus was going to be here. I'm hoping to see Hercules. I'm hoping to see Hercules. And then that's what I saw was a preview on someone's YouTube video or something explaining the cameo at the end. So the title did not have the spoiler in it, but the preview image had a picture of, of Hercules. I was like, oh, I, I bet we're going to see him then. And he pops up in the cameo. But the Olympus stuff, which is not even Olympus. It was, uh, what was it? In it, It's like Club Med for gods. <laughs> no, but it was it was kind of a cheesy pun kind of a thing. It was, it was, it was something about not immortal, uh, not omnipotent. Uh, I can't remember what, what can't remember. word they were using. But anyway, you have I all the gods there. it was there. omnipotent. Omnipotent? Omnipotent? Something like um, that. Omnipotopia? <laughs> I don't know. Something. If it wasn't, that's actually a good word to use for a fantasy. Omnipotopia. But, <laughs> Hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> but memorable, just it's not true. memorable how to say it. Um, Way better than unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Yes. Yes, way better than unobtainium. Yes, I mean, what's not better than unobtainium? But nothing. Um, <laughs> everything's better. That's that's their slogan. Everything's better than <laughs> unobtainium. Thor: The Dark World is better than unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you have this complete and absolute jerk, and Thor's like, I base everything <laughs> I do on this guy, and then realizes, oh. Which, by the way, they acknowledge things from mythology that aren't good uh, in a couple different places. But one of them we didn't <laughs> is when they're talking about we're going to we're going to go out and we're going to bring these children back and we're going to feast. And then but not on the children. That was a dark part of our history. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to we're going to go to the, the myths on that. But, um, yeah, Zeus is a horrible, horrible person thing. In, in literature, he's not in Disney's Hercules. That's the whole oh, meme no. of uh, uh, the most unbelievable thing about Disney's Hercules is <laughs> that Zeus is a loving father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is interesting to me. They could have cut this whole scene out and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all because they go there looking for help. And they get the weapon, you know, if you talk about the hero's journey, they get the weapon that they need to slay the dragon. But that's all they get out of this is they steal his weapon and almost murder him, but not quite. Um, but no one's going to stand up and help them. No one's going to try and help them. No one's going to help anyone because we help our own. And if you look at the gods in this movie, take out Thor, take out Valkyrie, you know, take out the Asgardians, but look at the God at the beginning, Gore's God, and look at all of them coming into that <laughs> Unobtamionia or whatever place it's <laughs> called, but all the people there, it, what I find interesting is the semi-political stance here. If you're not looking at gods as gods, but looking at them as the people in power. And, you know, there's, there's definitely a statement being made about these are people who have the power to help, but refuse to use it. And it 
it's frustrating for Thor. It's frustrating for Thor's friends. Even Korg's God isn't going to do anything, you know, and these are people, they have the power to help and they don't do anything. They don't use it. And it's not just political power, although that is one of the easiest places to find people who have power to do something and who choose to use it for personal gain or choose to use it to just stay in power or whatever it might be. But I mean, that's, that's life too. That's, you know, you go to work and there's people who have the power to help other people and they're not going to use it because if I do that, I might look weak. Or if I do that, then that will help them and they might get the promotion. Or if I, you know, at school, if I do that, I might not look like I'm as put together as I, as I try and project. Or, um, if I do that, then I'm, I'm, uh, allowing people to see me with this undesirable person that no one wants to talk to because he's stinky and whatever, you know, and, and I don't want to be unpopular. And, and that whole scene is frustrating and goofy, but it also really sets up this idea of, you know, the, the gods not doing what they should be doing and not helping who they should be helping. I, I also think that he's making a stance He's making a, a religious statement, too. You know, he's saying that... I don't know what his religious beliefs are, but mm-hmm. you could definitely make the argument that uh, he does, he's, doesn't believe in gods or thinks that... You, I, I'm sure we've all heard this argument, well, if, if God existed, then why do bad things happen, right? And this is sort of like an answer to that because they're lazy and they don't care. The religious statement that does get made is you pray to your gods and they don't answer. You know, exactly. like that's, that's being said outright and it's being shown outright in that and, first scene. But here's the other thing is this is the Marvel cinematic universe where gods are basically aliens, right? Like that was the whole setup for Asgard. And then to bring all these other gods into it, it's interesting because you basically have these aliens who have set themselves up as gods mm-hmm. and yeah. who have said, yeah, I'm going to act like a God here. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be this super powerful being that maybe helps people and maybe doesn't, but I'm going to revel in their, in their adoration. Yeah. But the counter argument to, you know, we have all these gods and they don't help is Thor. Cause yeah. Yeah. That's when, what I said is it yeah. put him aside. Yeah. We'll put all of Asgard aside. Odin, he went around and helped Midgard and the Nine Realms. That was part yeah, of he was shit. a grumpy grump, but he did it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they do definitely, like, as, as much as they keep things Marvel, uh, at one point they do point over and say, oh, there's the Carpenter God, you know, and that's, to me, that's clearly them making a statement that Jesus was in that room. You know, that, uh. and yeah, I mean, do I like that statement? No, I don't like that statement, but uh, do I understand the statement? Sure I do, you know, and, and can I understand someone who doesn't believe in God making a statement that Jesus was not what you say he is? Yeah, I, I can understand that. That goes back to, to, uh, Avengers, the, 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 the Joss Whedon movie, um, where, I'm pretty sure there's only one God, ma'am, and he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, so it's a, an interesting through line to chart, you know, where it is. It's also interesting in comics, too, because they, they toy with some of the same questions and answers, right? Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing. Who we, – we don't, we don't see uh, Kashnu there. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's – Oh, but Bassett is mentioned. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, you remember, you remember Samantha, when you, you said earlier, it's too bad we only see it once before we talk about it. Yeah. Like, yeah that's, that's another one of those situations here. Where well, I definitely missed I, that for sure. I didn't, I even missed the Carpenter God reference. I don't even remember that. So I, I vaguely remember that joke. It was just when they were walking through and just kind of pointing out all the different things. It was really fast. Like yeah. there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. I was looking for E.T. In the, uh, in the in the throne room. Yeah, there was actually some Celestials there as well. Um, they didn't fit in the room, but they were kind of uh, when when the goat boat <laughs> slams through the wall, uh, they were kind of looking through the hole in the wall and and watching. Oh, Can I also about- just yeah. Oh, let's just talk about the goats. I laughed every time they screamed. Yes, <laughs> no yes. matter what was happening. <laughs> I did at first, but this like the third time I laughed, I was like, "Oh man, this this can't go on though." Like, and I'm, I'm not going to be did. laughing much longer. Oh. I think oh, Taika Waititi understands where that comedy element is, and he and he puts it in and tones it down, and and it, he 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 plays with that throttle pretty good. Yeah. Um, By the way, our conversation has caused me to go back and up my letterbox star rating from three to three and a half. Okay. Just as we're talking about all the things I really appreciate about the movie. So the, we, we, we did it, Samantha. Yay. <laughs> um, um, going back to the, the, um, the subject about the gods in the movies, um, Thor does exhibit some godlike behavior, especially during that final battle with the kids. Because he imbues the power of Thor on them. And he says, grab something, anything. And they've all grabbed bits and pieces of the room that they're in. And one kid has a stuffed bunny. Oh, uh-huh. my gosh. That was hilarious. <laughs> and, oh, when when my husband saw the kid with the bunny, he's like, oh, the bunny's going to become a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that, you know, that's the kind of on-screen, like, demigod behavior that I want to see. And that's what makes Thor really great is that, you know, he may, you know, have issues with being king of Asgard, but he likes going out and defending the innocent and, and uh, being the hero and, and, you know, getting into these epic fights and winning and then coming home and feasting. And yeah, he, he likes being the warrior, the, the, the ultimate warrior of Asgard and not necessarily the king. But that's that's how how Thor is cool is that he can, you know, go and do and protect. Yeah, and I and that's something to appreciate about the character. I mean, as much yeah. as we're talking about maybe he has like these problems with being self centered or whatever, uh, not thoughtful, you know, just uh, you know, I'm going to destroy these people who are, you know, holding your temple. 
and <laughs> yeah, but I'm also going to destroy the temple. And but yeah. at the same time, he's got a heart of gold. You know, if you're talking about like what's making him worthy or unworthy, and you take out the the hammer sentience from the equation, then you have this uh, idea of like he wants to do right. He wants yeah. to do right and he wants to help people and he doesn't like to see suffering and he wants to help those children. And I did appreciate that they allowed him to not just be the bumbling oaf who is like stumbling through the story, but he actually is doing things like communicating with the children. And actually, at first, not great, but eventually he's helping them feel better about things mm-hmm. and, yeah. and telling them, you are brave. You are brave. I actually had that same conversation with a couple kids at camp when I wasn't able to see this movie, but I'm like talking to one of the the kids and I'm like, you are brave. And I, I know this kid has a troubled background and he's gone through a lot in his life. I'm like, you've made it through things and you are strong and you are brave and you can spend the night at camp tonight. You know, <laughs> it's like, you can do it. I know you can. And he didn't have his stuffed animals that he would have had at home. And so he was like really nervous. And, but I brought three stuffed animals I, that nice. I, cause I knew he was coming three beanie babies. And I was like, here's this one. Here's this one. Here's this one. And he took the dolphin because he had the dolphin back home. He's like, that'll make me think of home. And he was fine the rest of the night, you know? And so I'm like, I did it. I, I gave him the power of Ben Thor, but, um, <laughs> but that was good stuff from Mm -hmm. from thor where he's like you are brave you are the bravest kids i've ever seen you're the bravest as guardians i've ever seen and then i was a little nervous about child endangerment when he gave them power to fight the shadow creatures but it was a great moment Mm -hmm. great moment (laughs) uh the main kid idris uh uh what's idris elba's character's name astrid but he went by a different name Axel. 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 He went by Axel because of <laughs> Axel Rose. Yeah. Right. But... Uh, he, I thought, was awesome. And I loved the idea that he was Heimdall's son. Right. And so, without, this is what's great about this shared universe thing. Without having to explain that he's Heimdall's son, he shows up and it's like, oh, yeah, you're Heimdall's kid. Done. Go. Move on. Like, that was awesome. And I loved that. And, I, and, and that's the type of stuff that, I think looks great in a movie, you know, that is, I mean, how many Marvel movies is this? 27, 28, 28 like? 29, 30. Well, let's I, see. Cause count. are we including all the Spider-Man movies now? Because uh, we are. I think so. <laughs> so 37, okay. 37 movies. <laughs> right. And so that's a lot of continuity to keep up with. And so all you have to do is just, drop a little bit of hint in there and keep moving. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I, th- I liked that. I thought it was good. Um, can we also talk about Gore's daughter? Did we get a name from her? Besides love? Besides no. love. Cause all I got was love. I'm just calling her all love right now. Is love. Do, 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 do. So. All right. There goes our copyright strike. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, I think there's something about you can play like so many seconds before it violates copyright issues. No, or something, but I mean no? you might you might be able to skirt uh, the the bots with that, but technically there's other laws in, involved that are 
you know, fair use laws, but it, it has nothing to do with how many seconds you can play. Oh, should I? No, we, we've sung about stuff before. No, it, we're fine. I was, <laughs> I was making a joke. No, don't, yeah, no, don't edit that out. Okay. No, you're, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> if so anybody's about... going to come after me for singing two seconds of a Beatles song, then I am far more influential than I give myself credit for. <laughs> um, so about, I'm, I'm just going to call the child love. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about to think back to the trailer, remember the guitar riff and which song it came from? No. <laughs> yeah. Sweet child of mine. Yeah. Which we also got at the end credits. Did I too, go right? away? Yeah. I did not realize until after I heard the, the end credits that basically they had given hinted at the at the ending of this movie in the trailer and none of us saw it coming none no, of us the saw the song that. fits perfectly as far it as what does. they're i mean it's really on the nose yeah it is because you could also put you know sweet child of mine as someone who is just very beloved in your heart and may not necessarily just be a romantic relationship but jane's a very you know it it could I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it fits because it was from, it, you know, Taika Waititi likes to have Thor in that in that 80s rock era. But Sweet Child of Mine is about a child. Is it not? I don't know. But that's what Google is for, title. right? <laughs> yeah, it's in the title. What is the song Sweet Child of Mine about? I always thought it was about, you know, parenting. Because I've seen that song used in other movies about adults dealing with children. Maybe in, like, well, uncle-like situations. Well, you know, the- some of the Google results say that it's uh, about Aaron Everly, who he married. So. Okay. There's the there's the song... Um, there she goes. It's about heroin. So that's not exactly the... Yeah. That's not a good barometer to use. That's true. But anyway, if you're taking the chorus, Sweet Child of Mine, the title, it's very on the nose. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's and by it well. Guns and Roses. <laughs> and that includes Axel Rose. Yes. <laughs> and the kid changed his name to Axel. So yes. <laughs> it's all connected. It is all hashtag. Yeah. But I is there just. more characters? Does anyone else like appreciate the Uncle Thorness of that ending? The. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see. I, I'm excited to see wh- how that relationship goes. Because I'm in. I have. I cannot tell you how many nieces and nephews I have right now. And I really appreciated that he made love pancakes. And she was like, what's this? I'm not interested because I've seen that happen with my nephews. I'm not in the mood for waffles right now, mom. (laughs) But you asked for them five minutes ago. Not now. (laughs) Just that kind of push and pull you have with little kids. And it's an interesting. It's an interesting character arc, too. If yeah, you watch him, then. it is because he's selfish. He's all about himself. He's kind of childish himself, and I'm I'm glad that they did it this way instead of like, well, oh, Jane was pregnant and died 
in childbirth because she was yeah. so sad. Um, yeah, yeah, that's done. the wrong movie. Wrong, wrong. Yes. Natalie Portman role, right? <laughs> right. Um, which, by the way, did you guys see the headlines about yes. how Taika Waititi like asked her if she wanted to be in a Star Wars movie? She's like, uh, did you? <laughs> yes. So did you? Did you source that at all? There's, no, a, I have it. I have it's a it. Rolling Stone interview, and and it's hilarious. He goes. <laughs> He goes, yeah. I was, it was talking to her about being the new Star Wars thing, and he and he's like, have you have you ever have you ever done one of those? And and the interviewer's like, yeah. What was her response? And uh, he goes, yeah. Uh, she. Um, so then I just like mumbled cut or something, and just went. <laughs> it's hilarious, and Taika Waititi Taika delivers it perfectly because he knew from the moment he opened his mouth about her doing a, a star wars movie that he had messed up and <laughs> and and that she absolutely had one but like the train was pulling out of the station and his and his brain was like stop can't <laughs> yeah and there's no way you can't bring natalie portman back for a Star Wars movie as another character. Like, you just... No. She's, no. You, you, you're not going to do it with Mark Hamill. You're not going to do that no. with Ian McGregor. You're not going to do it with Harrison Ford. You're not going to do that with Natalie Portman. Well, um, maybe if she's, like, in a motion capture suit and another species besides human. Even then, though, why? Like, that's just, yeah. Why that's, are you doing that to Natalie Portman? Yeah. You almost need to go back and do... If, like, if you're going to do that, he needs to do some sort of prequel thing anyway i don't th- and i don't see that being a viable no. star wars movie. <laughs> so anyway. a flashback but, or something but right yeah. but do you remember from the first thor movie how she she gave thor some clothes and she's like oh these used to belong to my boyfriend uh-huh. mm-hmm. i thought it would be hilarious if the human donald dr blake. donald character Do- mm-hmm. donald blake was played by hayden christensen i thought that would be hilarious if that would be funny that. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. I, I am too. I am glad too, Ben, that it wasn't a Thor offspring, genetic, genetically bound offspring that gives him that that sense of purpose. But at the um, same time, it's a natural progression of it comes from his relationship with her. Like it wouldn't have happened without her being there. Right. And so it's it's part of like a natural progression of him growing into someone who can be loving with with Jane and because of what he and Jane did together this foster child this adoptive child becomes a part of his life and this and then you throw gore into child. the mix as well and you just have all of these oh yeah foster child yeah um, you have all these elements of you know love and forgiveness and and redemption and um, and kindness and, and care and, and all these things that uh, really just get wrapped up really quick, but they're, it's all there. And it's a really interesting bow for his character arc if he never comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, again, I, I'm not going to bump up to four stars, but I am appreciating <laughs> this movie more and more as we're talking about it and exploring it because, and usually it's the other way around. Usually, I'm causing you guys to, to not <laughs> yeah. like things when I complain or whatever, but um, yeah, you guys one have, the, have. One of the things I've noticed as I've grown older and seen other people who are similar to my age, 
I have three kids um, of varying ages. Um, one is six and one is 15, and the other one's kind of in the middle. So, like, I've been, you have a bunch of kids too, right? So you can kind of see the different ages. One of the things I'm noticing about myself and about other people around me is that if once you have a child, you have to start thinking about things not specific to you and you, you mature, you, you grow up a little bit for lack of a better term. Um, and I feel like at the end of this movie, that's what Thor did. Um, no, he absolutely, absolutely. It was his process getting to that point. And the Guardians of the Galaxy gave him that little seed, and then they left to go be in the holiday special, and and Jane comes back into his life, and and you know all these things are are causing him to grow, but he also sees the negative example of of Zeus, and and these other gods, and and then now we have that final scene where he's running into battle with a child, which. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but okay, you know, there's yeah, but this isn't this isn't a human child. This is an alien child. She and... shot lasers out of her eyes, right? That's she, my point. He Why? probably imbued some power in her because he's Thor and he can do that. I because no. Gore had no like, he didn't do anything like that, you know, and so I don't know. <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't know how how she had lasers coming from her eyes, but. Maybe it's part of the species that Gore came from. She also has Stormbringer, right? Yeah, because he had he had Milner, right? Yeah, yeah. He got Mew Mew back. Yeah, and so she had Stormbringer. So maybe you know that thing did, you know, have power in it. Maybe that's what caused it. Maybe she's not worthy enough to yield to wield uh, Mjolnir, or yeah, Mjolnir. Maybe she, maybe Mjolnir doesn't appreciate that she doesn't appreciate Thor's pancakes. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to know, like, what does Stormbringer think now that Thor is back together with Mjolnir? You know, like, Stormbringer is just like, what happened? I thought, what, was I your rebound weapon? Bro. Like, well, yes. <laughs> you're, you, you went back with, with the hammer, and now what am I supposed to do? Well, maybe Stormbringer is happy uh, to be the uh, weapon of a child. child. <laughs> <laughs> so. okay, I can't so. wait for I can't wait for love to meet Groot carrying Stormbringer. That was part of Groot. Yeah, that is that is going to be a meeting for the ages. Oh, Groot babysitting love. <laughs> <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah, but Thor speaks Groot, so he could teach her th- Groot. True. Yeah. True. Thor would be great with kids. I mean, he tells really great stories. He knows how to have fun. <laughs> but, right. That's what, that's the, yes, someone can be great with kids. Doesn't necessarily mean they are a Parent a good material. parent, right? Yeah. They might be great with kids, but it doesn't mean that they're good for kids. <laughs> That's true, too. Um, it also doesn't necessarily mean they're mature, <laughs> right? And one of the things I think this movie is showing is that Thor is maturing as 
for lack of a better term, an adult. Yes. When we see him in Thor 1, he's a bro. He's like, I'm cool. And when we see him in Thor 2, I'm trying to remember where his arc was in that. He was missing Jane. Okay, he's a sad bro. And when we see him in um, Thor 3, which is after... It's no. uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, but that's right before Infinity War, right? Yeah. So he's kind of get his confidence back. He thinks he's cool. And then Thanos shatters his confidence completely. Shatters his confidence. And that's why we have the, the, the fat Thor bod. And coming off of Endgame and going into this movie, I think he's matured enough to be an adult. Yeah. And that's Only took him fifteen hundred years. Yeah. Only took him fifteen hundred years. That means there's hope for us all. Yeah, <laughs> I would trust this Thor with my children if I had some. Totally would trust them. I don't know about you guys, but I would. Okay, I so do you want to know who plays <laughs> the child? Who? No. The child is played by India Rose Hemsworth. Oh, jeez. Daughter of Chris Hemsworth. I knew Chris's son played a younger version of Thor in a very quick montage sequence. Which allowed us to see his classic comic book costume as well. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was Chris's daughter. Well, neither did I, but I just happened to look it up trying to find out what her character name was. I still can't find that, so (laughs) that's... Well, yeah. I mean, it's going to be an interesting. They're not going to be able to keep if if she turns out to be the next Thor incarnation in the next, uh, you know, Avengers five or whatever. She's not going to be able to do that because I don't think the age would work. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the character's name that I'm seeing here is Love. <laughs> So, okay. uh, I'm going to look on IMDb, though. We'll see what oh. IMDb has to say about that. Guys, I just came across a really cute photo of Chris Hemsworth when India was a little baby. And I think they're on the set of of either Avengers or um, uh, Dark World. But it's really cute. <laughs> so is there anything else about the movie that we'd <laughs> like sorry. to talk about? <laughs> I think that's pretty big about the movie. The India yeah. India Rose Hemsworth is yeah there. Like uh, I'm gonna send it to you guys. It's really cute. There's actually another India Rose. Don't look that one up because it's the wrong one. But okay, yeah. Uh, Post credits. Hercules is kind of teasing that we might have a uh, another Thor movie. What does Hercules bring to the MCU? Ben, uh, you're, um, rephrase this question. You are a, a writer. You love your Hercules. You love some MCU. How are you writing Hercules in the MCU? Well, the way that they seem to be bringing him on is to be just a, a powerhouse that can fight Thor and, and 
take down Thor because of what Thor did to his his dad. That's not the character that I like the most from Marvel, but that seems to be the direction they're going with that. I actually have written some some Thor stories, not for Marvel, but for myself. And I just like that he is similar to what we're talking about Thor here, you know, bumbling and kind of self-centered and trying to figure out like what's – but he – in doing so decides I, I want to leave that stuff behind. And um, so we'll see, we'll see. But he in the comics has always been kind of a, a foil for, for Thor and he'll show up and they'll, and they'll fight and they'll bicker and then the bad guy will show up and they'll have to take care of the bad guy together. So, yeah, I, so, so that's a seven-part Disney Plus series? Is that what you're saying? It could be. I mean, they could do a, a Hercules series. I mean, why not, right? I would – I if they did a Hercules series, I only want Kevin Sorbo to be in it. That's just, just, that's just it. So here would be my dream. If someone gave me – and I uh, I don't think we've talked about it on this podcast, but on, on another one. I don't know. I think someone gave me Someone gave me $5 million. Let's just say five for – just for the sake of imagination – and said, you got to make a movie. I would want to make the unforgiven of Hercules movies, whether it would be with, with, uh, Lou Ferrigno, Kevin Sorbo, I don't know, or both somehow, you know, Lou Ferrigno plays Zeus, you know, or something like that, but Hmm. just old man Hercules in present day, just dealing with life and, you know, having to deal with the world moving on. He's the man out of time. Or Old West Hercules. That would be the other way I would go. But again, still, Kevin Sorbo or or Lou Ferrigno. Kevin Sorbo so, I like. I like Kevin Sorbo. Well, Lou Ferrigno did two Hercules movies that are awful. But they're <laughs> fun to watch. So that's why Lou Ferrigno. I've also heard him. I've also heard people say he did two Hulk movies that are awful. <laughs> well, that's that's people's opinions, right? That's that's <laughs> what they are. Okay. All right. Is there anything else in this movie that 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 we need to finish up on? I am good. There's a lot of fun stuff in this movie to talk about, but I think we've covered most of the stuff that I wanted to. So, what so, about you, Stuart? So- so Ben, are you officially changing your your letterbox score? I already did. I changed it from three to three and a half. I plugged in the three stars while we were talking about our stars, mm-hmm. and then I changed it later on in our conversation. I haven't ranked it yet, though. I don't know where it ranks. I, you know, here's for me. I don't. I liked it better than Thor: Dark World because there always has to be a last one, and Thor: Dark World is it. Um, uh, I liked it better than Multiverse of Madness. Um, but that's only because those two are right next to each other, right? I probably, I, I don't think I liked it as much as I liked Eternals, but maybe I could revisit that. I do want to revisit Eternals now that I've seen this, because I think there was some stuff overlapping, like, um, in the end. I think I saw one of the big 
monster dude guys with the six holes on his face at the end. Is that a celestial? Yes. I think I saw that at the end, so I don't know. We'll have to see. But it it'll be interesting to see what that movie how that movie stands up after watching it, after a little bit of context. Um but I don't know where it ranks. It's certainly not like Winter Soldier good or Endgame good or Shang-Chi good or, you know, top five or six good. No, no, it's definitely not. I'm not even sure it's top ten, to be honest. All right, so here's my current ranking then. 37, Morbius. 36, The Incredible Hulk. (laughs) 35, Iron Man 2. 34, Thor The Dark World. 33, Iron Man. 32, Venom Let There Be Carnage. 31, Venom. 30, Spider-Man 3. 29, Thor. 28, Captain Marvel. 27, Black Widow. 26, Amazing Spider-Man 2. 25, Spider-Man Far From Home. 24, Thor Ragnarok. 23, Iron Man 3. 22, Eternals. 21, Thor Love and Thunder. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, First Avenger, Spider-Man 2, Endgame, Civil War, Infinity War, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, uh, No Way Home, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, and Shang-Chi. So that's my wonky rating list. So... Sean Cheese is still your, still your number one. You know, it still is. It still is. I'm actually surprised Eternals is as high as it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, I mean, it's in the 20s. But the problem is there's the breaking point of bad movies for me. It happens like at 36. <laughs> so <laughs> like I like all the other movies. That are on this list. It, it was really hard. It, and it comes down to which would I rather watch? Like if I was sitting down and had to watch one of these movies, which one would I, would I rather watch? And I did move some around a little bit. But yeah, but Shang-Chi. at the end of the day, you're never going to watch Morbius again. <laughs> I might before the next Morbius movie if they do another one. But there's so much stuff going on with that where they're like, they changed the end credit scene. Now I haven't watched it to like get proof, but I'm trusting people online, but they took out the Spider-Man reference in the end credit scene. Oh really? Where, yeah. Vulture's like, yeah, something's happening. I think it has something to do with Spider-Man. Let's go do some good. And they took out the Spider-Man reference. I and I don't know, know what that means, but it's just kind of what? And it means Kevin Feige slapped them and said, no, bad. <laughs> I don't know. I do know that I will be watching the uh, Incredible Hulk at least once in the near future, just so my kids can have seen that. And I'll be watching Dark World at least once in the near future, so my kids can have seen that. Venom, I probably won't come back to, even though I. I, I place them above Iron Man. See, I think I need to change that out. First, Iron Man needs to go higher than than Venom. Yeah, it does. I agree. But yeah, because you were going up that list, and I was thinking Iron Man is below Venom. Yeah, I think I need to change that out. But again, it's kind of 
and honestly, part of that is like, if I'm thinking of what I'm going to watch next and Iron Man's never going to be on the list. Cause I've seen that movie so many times. Right. Because like when every, every movie that came out is like, okay, we got to watch the other ones now. And so, right. <laughs> I, I think I honestly gave up on that after oh, definitely. the yeah. road to the infinity war podcast. <laughs> I was like, I'm done doing that. We're no, we're not doing that again. There might be a, a time, you know, when I'm not working a bajillion hours a week and I don't have three kids living at home and I am not moving and life has slowed down where I could be like, yeah, let's do an MCU rewatch. But then I'll remember that there's like 47 projects on, uh, on Disney plus that I still haven't watched yet. So what's interesting about it is it's changed now. And so you have the Spider-Man movies in there as well. And yes. so if you're going to watch them in chronological order, Tobey Maguire does come first. And so that changes things up a little bit. Uh, I think I will... you have to put Tobey Maguire for Toby, both those, all three of those Tobey Maguire movies before you watch anything in the, you know, uh, well, before you watch anything in Iron Man. When was Spider-Man 3? Spider-Man 2 was 2004. Was Spider-Man 3 before that? Before Iron Man? Because Iron Man was, what, 2010? No, 2008. Yeah. Iron Man was 2008. Spider-Man 3. Where'd it go? Spider-Man 3 was like 2006 or something. The one where Tobey Maguire meets Venom. Yeah, is that on my list? That might not be on my list. Oh, there it is. Spider-Man 3, Yep, yep. So those three movies would be pre-Iron Man. And I I could only see a situation where I decided because it's thirty seven movies and that even if they're only two hours long, right? That's what <laughs> right. seventy two hours, seventy four hours. Sorry, my math is not working. Right, anymore. that's that's over three days long just sitting watching movies, <laughs> yeah. not really. sleeping. I mean, that's not- that's three seasons of a TV show. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. And so. that's just the movies, not the TV series. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which we still haven't gone gotten to ninety <laughs> some hours worth of uh, Runaways, Punisher, and the rest of the Defender saga <coughs> that we currently have. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Uh, I don't have anything more to say though about Thor. <laughs> and well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad the movie came out and I any any day watching a Marvel movie is a good day. So and any day talking to you guys is a good movie, a good day. So I'm happy with that. It's true. It's yes. true. Well, final words then. That was mine. Okay. <laughs> Um, I would like to thank our Patreon patrons, Dave, Julie, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Tazzle, Jeffrey, and Andrew. Thank you all so very much. And I would also definitely like to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for putting up with slow release dates and stuff like that. But, you know, I 
we, we're doing what we can when we can, and we're enjoying the Marvel Cinematic Universe along with you. But thank you for joining us with that. And as for this episode, this episode right now, this episode that we're recording at this time, this episode, this ends here and now. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling 1-775-5-LEVEL-7. That's 1-775-553-8357. Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and Godspeed. Ah.